The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co. established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. All right, Alex, tell, tell us what's news. Have you been a bad boy? Let's- I've been a bad boy. <laughs> no Christmas presents for me this time, mate. Holy shit! The um, the, the thought police got me. They took me down. Um, so uh, goodbye to my my Twitter account. It's unfortunate. It was a it was a pretty good Twitter account. I um, I managed to have like you know, I, I curated a really really nice um, you know, people that I was following. Um, and then I had a really good you know sort of following on my part. Like it wasn't huge. Um, you know, it was like 15, 20,000 people, but it was like a really good quality following. Um, and I had like a really, you know, really good set of bookmarks and stuff and kablamo, it's gone. What, what was the catalyst? Was it one thing or was it just a combination? I, I think it was a combination of things. Apparently I've been, you know, banned from Twitter permanently for, uh, inciting violence and hate speech, apparently, um, so, yeah. against who or what I, I don't know yet <laughs> i can't figure that part out so um so I'm, I'm i'm terrorizing someone apparently um so yeah all done all gone so now i uh it's time for me to get some more you know productive things so i'm going to stick with the the podcasting and the writing perfect it's, um, I mean... it's the way the cookie crumbles well, we know how how many years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, there was no such thing as Twitter anyway, or maybe there was, but it was in its infancy stage. And, you know, it's, um, I had, as you know, been removed from Facebook and Instagram. And I, I met somebody yesterday and they go, oh, when are you going to come back on? I said, no, I don't, it's, it's not happening. And yeah. 
the the interesting part about that is that once you're out, it actually feels very quite, quite liberating, maybe. Or? Yeah, and it feels like that was a past past journey, so to speak, mm, and it's mm, a it's mm. a new chapter. And I don't miss it at all, to be completely honest yeah. with you. And it's really interesting. Yeah, for, for me, it's an interesting piece because, like, tw- Twitter was really useful for me. I, I think, you know, it's a shame the Thought Police have obviously taken over all of these platforms. But, you know, other than that, tw- Twitter was actually really useful in the sense that, you know, you could really curate your feed you know, and, you know, and things were sort of said short and sharp and, you know, you could sort of get in contact with people that, you know, it's very hard to otherwise get in contact with. So, you know, I, f- from a business development standpoint, for me, it was a really probably the most useful tool that I've ever used in my life. Like, you know, I raised you know, most of the money with Amber through it, you know, I, you know, built up a name, you know, with my writing and all this, you know, speaking and all this other stuff, you know, most of it was through Twitter. So, so it is a shame. Um, you know, my, my plan longer term actually was, you know, once Amber's in, you know, a, a much better position, you know, and, you know, I wanted to sort of go away and write, like I actually wanted to start, you know, removing myself online. So I was actually, my plan was to purposely get banned at some stage. <laughs> so it kind of happened a little bit too soon. So, so it's, not the best timing but hey shit happens you know now now i've just got to work around it yeah exactly you'll find your solutions and uh you'll you'll find those solutions are even better indeed indeed that's indeed, that's, indeed. that's that's definitely what happens and you know from somebody that's uh, been walking this path and, and being cancelled a little bit uh <laughs> over over the years you know you just you just create a new path and that's it uh, and it, and it actually works out even better yeah, you know, it actually works out even better. Well, if they don't want us, Pete, you know, we'll uh, we'll build our own little refuge. Fuck them. They can, you know, they can fucking, you know, rot in their squalor. Well, we're already doing that anyway. So uh, we're doing the our. Is this our ninth conversation? I think, I think it's eight or nine. Eight's yeah, eight, eight or nine. So it's one of those. People have been missing you, brother. They're like, yeah. we're really loving our chats with your chats with Alex. So, we wanted to talk today about uh, your Bitcoin conference and also Pat, the the suppression of information and perhaps even the manipulation of Bitcoin, if there is such a thing. Yeah, man. Well, look, shit. It's been it's probably been what a month since we last caught up, um, or six weeks, maybe. Like, do, do you know roughly how long? Before the crash, yeah. Before yeah, that crash, yeah. <laughs> there's been yeah. a few crashes, no doubt. Yeah, there's been there's been a few beautiful dips. So look, I mean, it's it's been a, it's been a whirlwind, man. Um, I guess maybe I'll kick off with the with the conference. So you know, it was it was the biggest conference of its kind in history. Like you know, and and it like it was a Bitcoin only conference. And and th- th- this you know this will tell you enough about Bitcoin. You know, in this sense is. You will not see an actual Bitcoiner dead at a crypto conference, but all the crypto fucking losers were at the Bitcoin conference. You know what I mean? Like they were just sort of trying to infiltrate it. So, so it's like, you know, if that doesn't tell you something about what's important here, like, you know, nothing else will. But it was, it was phenomenal. Like I, I got asked by someone, you know, oh, so what was the highlight of the event? What was the low light? Like for me, the highlight was really, you know, being able to connect with, you know, true sovereign individuals, like people, you know, with courage and tenacity, you know, who believe in transforming the world in a positive way. So, you know, that, that's sort of what I call the Bitcoin cohort, like connecting and catching up with them and the fucking energy that I created was definitely the highlight of the event. And the low light of the event was just the, 
all the fucking losers that came there who were trying to like sort of leech off the energy of the event. Like, so all the shit coiners and the irrelevant morons and like, you know, you had your, um, you know, there was tell a us couple. How you, tell us, tell us how you really feel. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding back my punches. I swear. <laughs> But like there was, there was, you know, you had your your suits up there, and you know your your um, you know your exchanges, like the shitcoin casinos, as I called them. And you know, we 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 got called up to do a toxic Bitcoin maximalist panel, um, you know, which is sort of like a which is a which is a sub cohort of the Bitcoin uh, the Bitcoiner ecosystem. And you know, I, I kind of you know fit really well within there because um, you know, there's this whole idea that. Hardcore Bitcoiners are quote unquote toxic because we call out every other project. Like when we see it and, you know, we call it a shit coin or, you know, we, we blast it, you know, we tear it down. Um, and, and people sort of say, oh, you know, that's toxic. It's scaring people away. And, you know, our, our premise uh, during, during our panel was that, no, 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 toxic Bitcoin maximalism, maximalism is like the, um, it's like the immune system of the Bitcoin network. We are the shit testers and we call bullshit well before anybody else called bullshit um, in industry. You know, we're the first ones to call out the charlatans. You know, we were the first ones to call out, you know, the assholes like Chamath, you know, and the fucking and the coinbases of the world and the shit coiners of the world and the Ethereums of the world and all of that noise, all of that crap that exists to confuse and distract people from the outcome here, which is to defund the state, like to defund the globalists, you know, all this crypto crypto stuff is there to distract. Like they, crypto is a tool of the globalists to distract people away from Bitcoin. Um, and, you know, hardcore toxic Bitcoin maximalists, we call that shit out long before anybody else calls it out. And then a year or two later, people sort of come around and say, well, you know, you guys were, you guys were right about that, you know, in the, in, in the beginning. So, it was funny. We got up on stage and it was sort of like, you know, four guys like me and a couple other guys, you know, and we just called out like, you know, there was, there was like billionaires on stage and all this other stuff. We just shred them and you were like, you know, you, there's been some fucking suits on this stage who are here, like sell you dog shit. And like, we got so much cheers from like the audience, which was really good to see because like, you know, what, what that told me at the conference was that there was definitely, you know, Whilst there was a lot of shitcoiners there, like there was a really good cohort of Bitcoiners, like the, and and I think the conference organizers tried really hard to to maintain that ethos. So yeah, man, like it was it was definitely an experience, and and you know typical media, like a couple of days later, the, you know the the asshole you know media in America jumped on it and like, oh the Bitcoin you know conference was a hot spot for COVID and everything. We were like, get fucked. <laughs> You know, it was it was people coming together to like enjoy and you know celebrate, you know, doing something and straight away, like COVID, you know, super spreader event, blah, blah, blah. Eat a dick. I find I find it interesting that when you talk about this and the hardcore Bitcoin and then you've got the other the other cryptocurrencies out there. It's nearly like a, a dietary theories and philosophies that are out there. And you and I met, I think we were shopping at the same place mm. in Bondi for organic food. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be sort of that same sentiment. There's people out there that, you know, you could equate the paleo ketos to the Bitcoiners and then you've got the vegans, which are the Ethereum people, and then you've got whatever, you know, I'm just <laughs> creating a, an analogy here um, because 
once people have their beliefs and what works for them, so somebody's invested in, let's just say, Ethereum, and they've made a hell of a lot of money, it's like, I, I went vegan and I've, I've been vegan for the last two years and I'm, I've, my body's never felt better and I'm feeling fantastic. And trying to say to that person, hey, have you actually looked at what being a vegan does to the planet? Mm, 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 no, mm. no, 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 we're actually helping the planet because we're not eating that toxic meat. It's like you understand that that, that meat is actually probably, if it's all the yeah. it, it's it's actually the key for our survival. Yeah. You know, without that, we're fucked. Yeah. You know, basically, we're fucked. We need to be celebrating that thing that you're demonizing here. Mm-hmm. And, and I see, when I listen to you talk, it, it, it's so similar to the, the conversations that I had with different people and different dietary philosophies over the last decade or, or more where they're so passionate about it. But what works for one may not work for the other long-term. So what I've, my sort of moniker these days is long-term sustainable health mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. individual community and the planet. Yeah. It seems like this is the same philosophy that you have and others have around Bitcoin. You it see really it as is. long-term sustainable wealth for individuals, community and... And the world. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's really, really, that's a really good analogy. Like, I, I think where, where, the, where the common thread is, is, um, is rooting the idea in first principles, right? So, you know, like when, when you talk about, um, you know, what you just mentioned there about like, you know, meat, for example, it's perfect. Um analogies there's actually a huge cohort of um you know bitcoin meat eaters and there's a, there's a guy called untapped growth who i definitely have to link you guys up to do a podcast together but he's putting together a whole system of um regenerative farming and the capacity for people to buy into um basically a share of um a grass-fed cow basically um and he's sort of rebuilding herds. And the idea is to sort of build this across different parts in the world because, you know, his, his, his whole theory is, you know, yes, we need to fix the money with Bitcoin, but we need to um, also, you know, become sovereign from an energy standpoint and sovereign from a food standpoint. And, and you know, and the food standpoint is really like the centerpiece of it all is being able to regenerate the land and topsoil through the cultivation of uh Beef through the cultivation of cows, cattle, um, and that's such an- and I, and I, and I, yeah, and I feel like that is going to be one of the most pressing issues coming for us over the coming years, uh, because the warning signs are already out there. The alarm bells are ringing. The, the targets for against yeah. the meat companies over ransomware. The World Economic Forum saying that yeah, that we should eat bugs. You know, the, the writing's yeah. on the wall. Yeah. It's and nothing, nothing wrong with bugs, you know. There's a lot of people in that in that community, paleo and health, that have tried to push this over the years as a another source of of sustainable protein. But I don't think we should probably should be relying on that because, you know, as as we talked about, the herbivore plays such an important role in for us on the planet. Sorry to interrupt there, but it just felt so. For anybody listening, food security, I believe, is going to be one of the most pressing issues as well as financial security and, yeah. and um, over the coming years. So please, please listen to this. And I'd love that introduction too. I, so I going will. back into, into the conference, <clears throat> you, it was a positive experience mainly 
for absolutely yeah absolutely man it was it was it was really good like just just to i mean it felt like life again you know what i mean like you know the the sort of and particularly i mean i've been traveling around so so i don't know what your particular situation has been back home in oz but you know because i've been traveling like it's, it's just everything's been so like you know, restricted and, you know, like j- just the capacity to, you know, be at a large scale conference where, you know, thousands of people came together and each night there was satellite events and there was, you know, get together and after parties, meetups and all sorts of things like, man, it was just back to what humans are supposed to do. Like that, that's what we are. We, we are fundamentally social creatures and, and it was just the beautiful beautiful experience in that sense and i you know I, i'm i'm so glad that i went like because there was a point in time where i was thinking you oh, know man it's gonna be too hard and this and that and like almost didn't go but it was, it was the best decision like going there was super important tell us about uh you running into our brother alan stevo or Steve oh, yes. over there because he's been he's been on the podcast and, and it was so funny because when i interviewed him on the podcast at the time we spent half of the conversation talking about masks and how not to wear them because he wrote a book about it. Yeah. And then yeah. the second half, we talked about cryptocurrency. And at the time, I think it was 20,000 US. And he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I've been, he's been following crypto for a long time. He goes, I wouldn't be investing at it at this price. It seems too high. Is that what Alan said? I should kick him yeah. in the ass. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It, it, was, it was really interesting. And he goes, you know, you, you would be very, I'd be very skeptical of buying it at this particular point in time. Yeah, Something well, you should that. have had me on there. You should have had me on there to slap, slap some sense into him because, um, I mean, I, th- I think his tunes definitely changed now, particularly after seeing me speak at the event. But, I mean, you know, Alan's a smart guy. You know, he's sort of been, you know, in the libertarian circles for a while in Australian economics and everything like that. You know, he did some stuff with Rob Paul. So, so he, he gets it. I think maybe he's a little bit newer to Bitcoin in that sense, perhaps. Um, you know, like may- maybe he hasn't, like it was really funny. We're at we're at one of the after events, you know, with this new uh, Bitcoin venture fund that's being formed, Tremble Venture Partners, and he's one of the LPs there. So he's he's one of the uh, like the, the way a venture fund works is you have LPs, which are limited partners. They put the money in, and then you have the GP who manages where the investment goes. So anyway, we're, we're sitting there talking and earlier in the day, actually, when I had to go on stage, I gave him my bag to like hold on to. So we kind of like connected, you know, and then so so later on at this canopy, like we're eating canopies, we're standing next to each other. I'm like, hey, man, you're the dude that was there. You know, we started talking and everything. And I just asked him to, you know, t- tell me a little bit about, you know, what you do, your history and everything. And, you know, he, he talked me through it. And then he mentioned that, you know, I last year or whatever it was, I, I wrote a book about, you know, how, to not wear a mask and, were, and I was like my, my brain started ticking I was like do you know a guy called Pete Evans he's like yeah and I was like what the fuck because I remember you telling me about the podcast and I'm sitting there like you've got to be kidding me like so anyway it's just small world so he's a he's a good guy in fact what we should also do aside from me introing you to um Joel from untapped growth is uh yumi and alan should do like a three-way call about like austrian economics and libertarianism because i think that's a really really important topic for the audience um that sounds great i I, I, I want to show this just while i remember i got an email from dr dustin sulak who is regarded as one of the best doctors that focus his profession on cannabis 
He's mm-hmm. he's from the um, east coast of the United States. Beautiful man. We're we're doing a, a book together, a cookbook plus doctor book about cannabis. Nice. And and he wanted to thank you for re-stimulating his interest in Bitcoin as well. He he put awesome. that in an email the other day. So awesome. I just wanted to pass that on that uh, that uh, your your words have have touched many people from thank the you. podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Like and you know if he's listening, I I really really appreciate that. I mean that's I think. You know, for me, having I'll tell you another story from the event. So I was at one of the after parties I was at. I, you know, I'm sitting there and you know, there was there was all sorts of crap going on and uh I was, you know, getting ready to book an Uber and I heard an Australian accent from this girl. And I was like, You Aussie? She's like, Yeah. She's like, What the hell? What the you know, how what are you doing here? Blah blah and we start having this conversation and um and, you know, it kind of meandered into, you know, she was also like an anti-masker, you know, obviously thinking for herself, blah, blah, blah. And then and her partner was there and he, you know, he was, a, he was a libertarian. We sort of started talking about how, hey, you know, in Australia it's fucked up, especially, you know, since they took the guns and, you know, in, in the 80s and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we sort of started having this conversation. We're like on the same page. And, you know, I started making the point about how the only way we start to, you know, win some points back here in a meaningful capacity is for us to start extracting our wealth out of their hands. Like, you know, at the moment we're feeding the jailers who jail us, you know, by holding their currency, by continuing to pay their taxes, by continuing to support, you know, the thing they use to enrich themselves through inflation and, you know, impoverish us. Like we're literally supporting them. Like we're feeding the jailer that jails us. And I said, the only way we have an opportunity to like to to start to reverse this trend is if we start to bankrupt them. Like, you know, if we, the productive, you know, intelligent people in society, start to withdraw our, you know, economic input from their system and you know keep it out here, they have a smaller and smaller productive base from which to leech from. Um, and in fact, they end up with the morons to leech from who, you know, the morons don't want to work anyway. So, so it's like they, they start to collapse in on themselves, whereas we can start to prosper and build, right? So anyway, and he, he's like, and so, so I made the point about like, you know, Bitcoin's the only chance. Like it's, Bitcoin is the stake in the heart of that, of that system. Um, and he's like, oh, you're a Bitcoin maximalist. I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm an Ethereum guy. But I hold a lot of Bitcoin, but I'm an Ethereum guy. I was like, I'm going to kill you. Um, so anyway, we, we start going on in this conversation. And like that, that, that's, that's that hate speech, just so you know, probably. That's, that's, that hate that's why I got banned. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, but I asked him, I said, oh, hold on, give me a sec. Something popped up on my finger. Okay, so, so I asked him a question. I said, okay, so what, what problem is Ethereum solving? Like that, you know, Bitcoin's not solving. He's like, yeah, look, I get Bitcoin is, you know, perfect money and all of that, but look, Ethereum's like making it possible for people to, you know, to, to do like decentralized gambling online. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was like, is that like a problem that the world really needs to solve right now? He's like, yeah, but, you know, it also allows for like um, de- decentralized lending. And I'm like, okay, so what's decentralized lending being used for? Well, you know, people are trading and I'm like, okay, so more gambling. All right. So what else? And like, like everything he listed with these just like surface level, like 
pointless problems that are not really problems in society. Like they are actually what I would call distortions of a fiat society. Like, like what happens when you distort the entire economy by creating, you know, all this fake money is that the money kind of flows into areas where you can get quick high yield. That's why Wall Street and tech is so large is because, you know, we're no longer solving real economic problems because real economic problems take time, effort, and resources to solve. What we're doing is we're creating the next dick pic app, you know, um, and we're creating the next financial engineering product. Like they're not actually solving anything. They don't do anything. So, so what Ethereum is effectively doing is it's like sort of running on that train. So any traction you sort of see in Ethereum, and he got sort of stuck. He's like, yeah, but, you know, like it's, you know, it's making money. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not the goal here. Like the goal here is to, to, to break the existing system. Like if all you're doing is you're incentivizing new, mecha, new methods of doing the same thing that is plaguing the world now, like the most intelligent people in the world, what do they do? They run off to Wall Street and they run off to Twitter and Google and Apple and Facebook and they're building more shit we don't need, um, more financial engineering, more fragility in the system and that continue to deform how you know the, a natural economy would function had we had fixed money, right? So, so it was it was just an interesting thing. So it, it kind of like the reason I go on this tangent is it reminds me like the conference just really reminded me of what it feels like to be amongst people who are on a mission and see the contrast to people who are not on a mission. They just you know they they they're just trying to make a quick buck. Right, like they're they sort of gambling themselves to riches, and and you know there is money to be made in Ethereum and all the shit coins and all of that. Like those people are making money, and you know good luck to them. But they're not doing anything meaningful. They're not doing anything that like is is like you could look back on your life later and say you know like I made a mark on the world. I'll bring it back to the food analogy as well. When I used to stand up on stage and talk to people and, and teach them how to cook a paleo ketogenic diet. The most mm -hmm. common question I got asked was, and don't laugh here, but <clears throat> they asked me, what about quinoa? Every single time, every single time. I got nothing against quinoa. I tell you, and my, my, my first response was it tastes like shit, but if you want to eat it, eat it. But what does it do? You know, why are you fixated on this, this, this one ingredient? It, it won't probably do what meat will do. Well, we know it won't. So why are you what, what is the what is the fixation on this one thing? And it seems like it's really like the Ethereum thing, you know, going, you're a bit quote, but what about Ethereum? It's like, yeah, it's there. It probably won't kill you. It, it's, you could use it as part of your diet, but, you know, what what is your goal here? Mm, mm, what is mm. your goal about being at this comp you know, being at this event? What is your goal? Is it long-term sustainable health or is it so that you can still eat some sort of carbohydrate type thing? Yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. has a little texture because you you really don't know how to function in society without having that sort of grain-based alternative in your diet. That's that was my sort of so, yeah, but what do you want here? You know, mm. what, what do you want to achieve? Do you want 
to re reduce your inflammation in your body because quinoa can cause inflammation in the body. It can be mm -hmm. a cross-reactor. Cross Do you want to eat the most nutrient-dense food on the planet that is actually regenerative for the soil and for mm -hmm. the planet? Quinoa probably doesn't fit into that. You know, unless it's proper crop rotation and no fertile, you know, list goes on and on. But it's like, what are you here to achieve? You know, and, and it's a pretty blunt question. And I, I could imagine if you were up on stage with me, what you'd say <laughs> to, 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 to the to the. I would be nice. <laughs> oh, try. <laughs> but there, there's so many analogies here. Um, but I, but I, I love these conversations because we can talk about these these overlapping sort of ideas for what it means to be human. How long do you want mm -hmm. to be around for? How do you want to live your life? Who do you want to support? How do you want to contribute to society? Because everything mm -hmm. comes back mm -hmm. to community. Everything comes back to how we function in this day-to-day -day life. So, yeah, as individuals. Yeah. So, so I'm glad that you uh, got to see that as well and to experience yeah. that because it, even that sounds like it was a really sort of great awareness for you once again in 2021 to, to go into, the, into that realm of all that chatter and just observe. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I see it all the time, like, you know, whilst I've been on Twitter, is, you know, I, I see the difference between, you know, the – in Bitcoin, it's it's iron sharpens iron, and 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 the, you know it's another thing about the Bitcoin community. It's so fucking ruthless. Like, there's no heroes in the Bitcoin community. Like, you know, there's there was a recent guy who over the last couple of years, you know, through philosophical discourse on Bitcoin, really developed a following, and he, you know, kind of you know innocently promoted a shitcoin the other you know last week. And man, the Bitcoin community took him to town, fucking slaughtered him. Like there's been hundreds of memes created, like taking the fucking piss out of him. And, you know, just like, it, it's like, it's a really, like the standard is next level, right? Like it, it's very unforgiving. And, you know, what, what that creates is like a, a situation where, you know, you, you, you really need to like, to think about, you know, why you're here and what you're doing. And, and um, you know, you need to be able to, you know, battle with other gladiators. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.